This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hi everyone, it's Rabbi Wallstein with a beard, in case you don't recognize me. Sorry that I've been gone for a couple of weeks, but we're going to make up for all those weeks tonight. Alright, so the vart for tonight, the, you have to stop your car, pull it over to the side. We don't want you to get into an accident. Here's the vart for tonight. Well, we're going to talk a lot about this, but... Like this. Kedoshim. This week's parasha is Kedoshim. You should be holy. Why should you be holy? Why should you be holy? Because I'm holy. Huh? Because you're holy. You're God. I'm not God. I'm boss of a dumb. I'm made out of blood and end up uh, coming from nowhere. I'm going nowhere. You, you can't ask me to be like you. You're God. You created the world. So you ask me to be holy because you're holy? That's not a reason for me to be holy. That's the kasha. What's this ki kodesh ani Hashem You ready for the teret? The teret is the most important thing in life when it comes to bringing up children. Hashem is telling us, you don't need psychology books for this. Hashem is telling us, I can't tell you to be holy if I don't set an example. The only reason you should be holy is because I set an example that I'm holy. Children don't do what they're told. They do what they see. So the lesson of this passage is that even God can't ask me to do something that he doesn't do himself. Okay, shit's over. Let's go home. That's it. What, do you need more than that? Seriously, you need more than that? That's crazy. God is saying, I can't ask you to do something that I don't do. We have all these guys walking around. Listen, you know, when you get to be my age, you can drink. That's what they tell their kids. Right now, you're a kid. You can't drink. When you get to my age, when you're older, you could use an iPhone. Right now, I can't trust you with an iPhone. People are coming to you all the time. I caught my daughter, and I found out she had an iPhone. I can't believe it. She did this behind my back. She broke my trust, Rabbi. I don't know what to do. I'm like, uh, can I see your phone? Well, this is my phone. I'm like, hello? You have an iPhone? I'm an adult. I need it for business. I need it for selfies. I don't know what else. I, I need it. I have to have it. I'm like, well, guess what? Your kid ain't doing what you tell them. Your kid do what you show them. See, my daughter, she can't have a phone because this is the phone I have. So I can tell her, do what you see. Tati doesn't have a cell phone. I have an iPhone. So how could you come and say your kid broke your... Your kid sees you using the phone. Your kid thinks, mommy, mommy's smart. Mommy's an adult. Daddy's an adult. If an adult can use it, and they're smart, and they know there's all these dangers, and it doesn't bother them, I'm an idiot kid. <laughs> I'm having fun. Why should it bother me? So Hashem says, I can't ask you to do something. I can't ask you not to have an iPhone if God has an iPhone. I'm holy. I'm holy. I have a right to ask you. If I'm not, I don't have a right to ask you. You hear what's going on here? All these kids that drink... You know, you go to this Kadeshim, you see all these kids drink. So the parents are drinking. So I'm like, I'm like, let's shut it down. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. They're not 21 years old. They're all drinking. 
and they all know the difference. 12 years, 20, I only drink 20, I heard one kid say, I only drink 21 years old. I'm like, darling, you're 14. This bottle is seven years older than you. It should be drinking you, not you drinking it. What are you doing with a 21-year-old bottle when you're 14? So, because well, well, uh, so, my father drinks. But your father's an adult. Sure, so my father's an adult, and he knows how bad drinking is, and he does it anyway. I'm a kid. I'm trying things out. Why shouldn't I? So kids don't do what they're told. They do what they see. And if you don't set an example, they're not going to follow you. Set the Pasuk. I am setting the example. I cannot ask you to do something that I won't do myself. That answers the whole kasha. It's mind-boggling, and you never heard this terrace before. Never did anyone watching this year ever hear this terrace. That Hashem says, I am holy because Hashem is telling us, I can't ask you to do something I don't do. If you've heard this before, send me an email. I will get it within the next two weeks. Because <laughs> until they put it on my desk, until I read it, you know what I'm saying? But seriously, wow. That's it. I, I really want to go home right now. We, we, we need more than this? We can talk about this the whole night. Talk about this the whole night? No, you did. Now, we're not done. So, really, um, really this posture of Kedoshim it's very much Ben Adam Lechavero. It talks a lot about relationships between, between, between ourselves. So it's very interesting. If you look at what, what Hashem says over here, He says a few interesting things. He says like this. Ish What's your first relationship in life? Who is the first person you have a relationship with? Your parents. Right? You're born, your relationship. It's much, pretty much as a baby, it's a taking relationship. They diaper you, they feed you, they change you, you know, they, they, they burp you. It's a taking relationship. But the first relationship with your parents, the ish imam Now, your mother and your father, you should fear. By the way, I don't want to say fear, I want to say noob shot. I, I want to say something else. So, when it comes to kaved, when it comes to honoring, it says kaved is a vicha, you should honor your, fa- your, your, fa- your, uh, your father and then your mother. Because honoring comes from love. And usually you love your mother more than your father. Your father's disciplinary and your mother's the one who gives you everything behind your father's back. Right? That's, that's you manipulate the whole situation. So she, you love her more than you love your father usually. If you're scared of your father. So when it comes to love, the Torah tells us an extra, we put your father first. Because we know that there's a deficit there. When it comes to fear, right? Tiro. So... We put the ish of it. We put the mother first because most people fear their father because he punishes them more, right? They're scared of him more than their mother. But I want to say that the word tira'u really has a different meaning. What else does tira'u mean? Yiras Hashem. What does that mean? You're scared he's going to burn you, beat you, throw you into a fire, barbecue you. What does that mean? Yiras Hashem. What is yiras Hashem? Yiras Hashem is not fear. That's not a relationship. Hashem's going to hurt you. Yiras Hashem is. Here it is, awe. Now, when you're in awe of someone, you're like, you don't mess. It's like, whoa, the king is here. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? You're going to your biggest meeting. You're sitting with the chairman of the board of GM. You're like in awe. I'm in Google. The head of Google is sitting there, right? You're in awe. So you're like, you're clean and you're taken care of. It says about Rosh Hashanah that he used to, before he walked into his, his house, he used to straighten out his tie and straighten out his jacket and clean himself off. Because his wife was in the house, he said, the Shekhinah, he was in awe. So you stand in front of the king, you're in awe. So you behave yourself. When you're in awe, you behave yourself. That fear, you're going to hurt me. He's like, oh my God, it's Hashem. Wow. Right? A mother you're not in awe of. You're much more in awe of your father. 
because you have a much closer relationship with your mother. Your father, you're like, oh my God, he's so smart, and we have business, and, he's, and he knows how to learn, and he knows how to make money, and he's like, whoa, my father, wow. Your mother's like my mother, she cleans the dishes, she, she cooks, she takes care of me. You're not in awe of your mother. Who's in awe of their mother? Guys are in awe of their father, because they're not in awe of their mother. I think that Tirol here could also mean awe. It's E-O-L-E. You should be in awe of your parents. Wow. Okay. Anyone have that relationship with their parents? Like, wow. That's why it says in, in Hitler's Kibbutz of Aim that when they walk into the room, you should stand up. Standing up is not fear. Not stand, you don't stand up for someone because you're scared. You stand up for someone because you're in awe. What? The, okay, what does revere mean? It's not fear. The king walks in, you stand up. Even if the president of the United States walks in, you stand up. It's oh, he's, he's, he's an awesome figure. He's wow, right? So that, that's a, a, that's but, but the, the, what I want to get to is at the end of the pasuk, it says, "Ani Hashem alekechem." What are you bringing that in for? So, one of the pshatim is that we learn from this that um, if your parents tell you to be mechal Shabbos, you listen to Hashem. And the Hashem goes before, is more important than your parents. But really, he could have just said, You have to fear your parents, but Shabbos you got to keep. If they tell you not to keep Shabbos, you don't listen to them. It seems, it seems to be, which I'm going to show you, in every relationship here, it says, Hashem is telling you, that to get to, to have a relationship with me, you have to be able to have a relationship with a human being. Hashem, you don't see, you don't hear, right? Unless you work on it, whatever it is, but you don't really see him. There's a mission in Pekelvis. Mission Pekelvis says, I've said it by many, by many Levias, that I was standing outside. My father always said the same thing. The mission Pekelvis says like this, how do you know if Hashem loves someone? How do you know if Hashem loves someone? If people like them. What, what does that mean? Just because you like me, I, I gave you a job, I bought you things that you liked, so that doesn't mean Hashem likes me. So the Teretz is that if people liked you, meant that you knew how to have a relationship with people. If you know how to have a relationship with people, you know how to have a relationship with Hashem. If you don't have a relationship with people, if people don't like you and you don't like people, you can't have a relationship with Hashem. Because Hashem's on a different level. You can't get to that level. So the first level of, of developing a relationship with God is a relationship with your parents, because they're the first relationship that you have. And that's why the relationship with your parents is in the, is in the Ten Commandments. In the first five. Because Anoich Hashem Alekecha in Kibbut of Eim are tied together. Even though Kibbut of Eim should be in the second five, because it's Ben No, it's Ben Olam Because I don't have respect for my parents, you're not going to have respect for Hashem. You're not. In Shaduchim, it's very important to find, the first question you need to ask is the girl or the boy, is what's their relationship with their parents? If they don't have a relationship with their parents, stay away with a capital A-W-A-Y. Because they don't have a relationship with their parents, they're not going to have a relationship with your daughter or your son, they're not going to have a relationship with Hashem. Parents is the first relationship. Unless, of course, their parents are abusive, that's a different story. So the Torah is telling you, Ani Hashem, to get to the Ani Hashem, you have to have the issue of Tiro. That's the first Ani Hashem. Let's go right Ani Hashem, right? Nan says the following. Leisikaim leisitos b'nei amecha. 
Don't take revenge. Love your friend like yourself. And Hashem. What's Hashem coming into this for? Again, it says you shouldn't take revenge. And it says you should love your friend like you love yourself. And Hashem. I am Hashem. What, what, what do you have to do with my relationship with my friend? Again, if you do give it of aim, Ani Hashem, you'll get to Ani Hashem. If you do behalf Lorecha if you have a relationship with another person on such a level that you treat them the way you treat yourself, Ani Hashem, you'll be able to have a relationship with Hashem. Let's go right there. It says, it says one before, it says about, about, go, what? It says, Lordy, you know, Lordy, uh, it's, another, it's another relationship with a poor person. But it says, um, right? Get up for an old, uh, get up, um, for an older person. Fear Hashem, I Hashem. So getting up for a poor person, for an older person, respecting an older person, will also bring you to Ani Hashem. All these different relationships. An older person, a poor person, your parents, all these human relationships, where do they get you? They get you to Ani Hashem. So you need to work on your interpersonal relationships that automatically will get you to be able to have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So all these different things, your parents, your friends, other people, that's how you get to God. It's, it's sort of a build-up. Your first relationship is your parents. They, 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 you, you take from them all the time. Then you have friends. You, you take, you give a little bit, and then you get older, and you get married, and you're supposed to, be a, you're supposed to both give to each other. And, and, but you take from the other person also. You, she does this, you do this, she does this, you do this, you do that. Then you become a parent. When you become a parent, you're a giver. You're not interested in taking. You don't want anything from your kids. I don't want anything from my kids. Just don't give me agita. Well, I don't want anything from them. I don't want them to pay my bills or take care of me. I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't want that. I just want to help my children. When, when, you, when you become a parent. So you go from, as, as, a, as a human being, you go from a child that just takes, and you become a parent that just gives. And in between is all the other relationships. And when you get to become a parent that just gives, you get much closer to Kosh because that's the relationship Hashem has with us. He's not interested in taking anything from us. He's not interested in, he doesn't want anything from us. He's a parent. He's an of. We're a child. So how could you understand that relationship? How can you understand a relationship where you just give and you don't want? You become a parent. You understand a relationship. That's why, by the way, Rashanim Kippur, the person who's about to should have, the Mishabur says, should have children. It's a different relationship when you're a giver, 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 giver. Parents just wants to give. Just don't, don't give me, don't give me aggravation. Don't give me anything. I don't want your money. Parents don't ask your kids for money unless it's a very serious situation. They don't want their kids to give them money. They don't want kids to give them anything. We want to give you. We always want to take your children. We, we have. Parents want to give. So that's a, that's a very big lesson. You start off a taker, but never, some people get messed up in between and they end up a taker too. They start off a taker and they get older and they're still takers. They're just takers their whole life. They never had that intermediate relationship where, where it turns from being a taker to being a giver. And they don't have good marriages because they just want, 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 want. All they want, all they want, 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 want. That's not the way it's supposed to work. It's supposed to work from a taker to a giver. And then you have this relationship, then you can have a relationship with the Baruch Okay? Now, I want to talk about... Um, 
I want to talk about in last week's Pasha, and then we're going to get to Rabbi Akiva. Akiva, you know the song Akiva by Eighth Day? Okay. So it says like this. It says in last week's parasha. I heard a neighbor pshat. What was the pshat? First of all, it says the following: By Dab Hashem Moshe, Achrei Moshe, Nebi Amrakol. By Yom Hashem Moshe, Dab El Aaron Achicha. Talk to Aaron, your brother. By Al Yavai Bechol Eitzel Akodesh, he he can't come into the Kodesh Kedoshim all the time. He can only go into the Kodesh Kedoshim on Yom Kippur. So everyone asked the question: Why did it say Dab El Aaron Achicha? Everyone knows. That he was a chicha. <laughs> At this point, we know Aaron's his brother. Why does he say, talk to Aaron, your brother? Should they talk to Aaron? A hundred times before, this says, Dabit, Dabit, Moshe, Aaron. But over here, it says specifically Aaron, a chicha. It adds Aaron and his brother. Why his brother? It says, Aaron was the ultimate Bahaftal Recha Kamoicha. Moshe Abeno was very scared here. Moshe Abeno said like this Hashem, you want me to tell my brother that he cannot go into. The Kodesh Kedoshim, only once a year. But he knows that I can go into the oil to the Kodesh Kedoshim anytime I want. So I'm going to go tell my brother, Hashem told me to tell you that you can go once a year, but I can go every day. He, he, it's going to cause strife. So Hashem said, Hashem Moshe, no. Davel Aaron Achicha, Aaron is your brother. He does, he's not about, he's not like that. How do you know that? Because when I, told you in the first place that you're Moshe Rabbeinu, you're going to be the leader, and Aaron is not going to be the leader, right? right? And Aaron was coming from Mitzrayim. Aaron went through the whole Mitzrayim. Moshe was outside of Mitzrayim, right? So you're bringing an outsider in. When I, I'm the man. I'm his older brother. I'm his older brother. I'm a Navi. I'm a, right? Why are you making him that? I'm, I'm the older brother. I go first. And we see over there that Aaron came and he kissed him and he wasn't he had no anger whatsoever. Here Moshe Rabbeinu said, you're doing this again, Hashem. You're, you're letting me go with, and, and you're telling him he can't? There's no way he's going to get past it. Right? Oh, no. Aaron worked out his midos. He's Ochicha, he's your brother. He's the same brother that, that let you become the leader. He's the same brother that didn't change. That was Aaron's koyach. Aaron's koyach was that he was a big onov and that he fagins. He didn't, he didn't need to have. Uh, is there Me'enishal Torah here? You know where to find Me'enishal Torah? It's here. Where's Me'enishal Torah? The little white, it's a little white, uh, I think it's in the corner over there. On Chomish, on Vayikra. You see it? Top shelf. Is that the white on the top shelf? Is that Manish Torah? A little thin, let's say, for. I know they have it here somewhere. No? You don't see it? Uh, take a look over here on the bottom, maybe. Huh? Have a list? I don't know about a list. You know, the girl said that the Aaron was the only one that was able to go in any time. He wasn't. Uh, no, the girl says this. He types it up on the post. He forgot how. He said it. 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 He said Okay, I believe you. Shkoyach. Shloyom as kederach 
He shouldn't die like his brothers his sons. If he goes, who may he'll die. Okay, I, I can't argue to grow up. I'm just telling you what Rashi says. I know it's different than Rashi. Right. They said that Aaron was the only one that can go without a corporation at any time. I mean, Moshe also, but you mean of Kahanim. All right, we're not going to argue with the girl, that's for sure. He says the following. Unbelievable shot, hold on a second. Oh, listen to this. There's a medrash. The medrash says the following. So this is last week's special. I wasn't here. He had a very special. He was here last year when he spoke. Anyone here? It was good. No, very special. Okay. So here, listen to this medrash. So the pasuk says, "After Moshe and Aaron, because they came, they brought an Eish Zara. There's many different reasons why they died. They drank wine. They didn't get married. They were talking Moshe and Aaron about Moshe and Aaron. They brought their own fire when they weren't supposed to. There's many different reasons." Says, says the Medrash the following. It's totally something very abstract. Kivan Shashama Eov, you know everyone, Eov, Eov went through all the pain. He lost his daughters, he lost his money, he lost everything. He went through a lot of pain. Kivan Shashama Eov, Misas Chnei B'nei Aaron, the Medrash says, when, when Eov heard about the death of the two children of Aaron, Afuzois Yecherad Libi. He said, oh no, now I'm very scared. What did Eov have to do with the death of Aaron's children. So the Territz is very important for all of us, and we're really connected to this week's, to something in this week's passion. The Territz is Azai. What did Eov do wrong? What did Eov do wrong? Eov was the most punished. We don't know if there was really such a person as Eov, but he went through, the Tzaras of Eov is the biggest Tzaras in the world. He went through the biggest Tzaras that a human being could go through. Now, what did he do wrong to, that he should go through such pain? Eo, there were three, there were three advisors of Paro when the Jews were in Mitzrayim. Balak, Bilam, not Balak, Bilam, Yisro, and Eo. Pa, those were his three advisors. Paro called in his three advisors and said, I want to, I want to have a vote. Should we take the Jewish children and throw them into the Nile or should we not? Yisro, said, oh my gosh, that would be like the worst thing you could do, but I'm not going to argue with Paro, because he'll kill me. So he took him, he, that night, it says, he, he went into Paro's treasury, stole the, 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 the mate from, that started all the way in the beginning, the mate from other Marisha, that was, that ended up coming down to Mitzrayim with Yaakov. Then, Paro took that stick and held in his treasury, Yisro said, I'm out of here. He took that stick. Why would he and, take it? What? It was like the most powerful. He was, he was, Yisro was a, a sorcerer. Uh, and Carl uh, was also able to take it or he, or he wasn't able to? Yeah, yeah. He was, he was able to move it? Yeah, yeah. No, every, everybody was able to move it. Yisro took it to Midian and stuck it into a rock. And then nobody could move it except Moshe Rabbeinu in the end. Yeah. So he stole it that night and he ran for his life because he thought he didn't want to throw the Jews into the Nile. So he didn't vote. He ran away. He ended up in Midian. That's why when Moshe came there and he found that Moshe was running away from Paro, he said, throw him in a dungeon because 
If Paro's going to come looking for Moshe, he's going to take revenge on me. He ran, he was his advisor and he ran away and he stole the stick, stole the staff that said the Tzach Adash Barachav and it had Shem's name on it. So Yisro ran. So who was left? Paro, Bilam, and Eo. Paro got up and said, my vote is throw him in the water. Bilam Harasha said, my vote is throw him in the water. Eov now realized he lost. Because even if he says, don't throw him in the river, it's two against one. He said, I abstain. Why, why am I going to vote, get him angry? I lost anyway. I abstain. So for that, he got punished? The biggest sorrow that anybody ever had. Uh, Bilam did something really bad. Pyro did something really bad. He lost anyway. So if he lost, voting wouldn't have helped. So why did he get punished? And why specifically did he get punished? What's the Mida, can I get Mida, that he, he went through such crazy physical pain and spiritual pain, he lost money, he lost everything, he had every disease, like, what's the Mida, can I get Mida over here? No, you dig a pshat. And the pshat is, what's pain? Somebody's in pain, right? Someone banged his foot, broke his arm, he starts to scream, he broke his arm. My God, my brother, arm is broken. Help! That's all. Now, does screaming heal your bone? No. Does screaming do anything for your bone? No. What are you screaming for? Because when it hurts, right? I scream. I had a kidney stone. Oh my gosh, was I screaming? Boston, shut up. What are you screaming for? Is it, your kidney stones moving because you're screaming? Go take morphine. Go take pills. Go 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 take a hot bath. What are you screaming for? Doesn't help you. I'm like, what are you crazy? It hurts. I'm, when you, when it hurts, it screams. You scream. Said Hashem. Even though you're going to lose, when they voted that the children would be thrown into the Nile, you should have gotten up and screamed. You should have said no. What do you mean I win the one anyway? Doesn't matter. It should have hurt enough that you should have said no. It must be when you abstain that it didn't hurt you. I'm going to give you me that can I give me that? I'm going to teach you that sometimes you scream even when it doesn't make a difference. You didn't say anything because you said it doesn't make a difference. I'm going to teach you that there are times you say something even though it doesn't make a difference. What is that? Pain. Godless. So now it says in the Medrash that when Yisro saw another Vavihu and what happened to them, he became very scared. Why? Eov, why? Why do you get scared? This is beautiful. He says, Nadav told Avihu when they were walking, the Medrash says, that they were walking behind, Nadav and Avihu were walking behind Moshe and Aaron, and Nadav said to Avihu, these two old men, when are they going to die already so we can take over the Malchus? They're already old. They're over the hill. Hashem said, you think you're going to take over the Malchus? You want them to die? Me, they can me, that you're going to die, and they're going to live. What bothered Eov? Eov said, uh-oh, why did Avihu die? He didn't say anything. Nadav told Avihu, these two old men, they should drop dead before we do. Avihu didn't say anything. So when he saw that Avihu died, because Avihu didn't say it's wrong what you're saying. He didn't say anything. He kept quiet like he did, like Eov did. Eov realized the guy who kept quiet died? Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I also kept quiet. That's what the Medrash says. So when he saw 
that Aviyu Nadam and Aviyu died. They both died. He realized he's in big trouble because he also didn't say anything. Even though Aviyu saying anything wouldn't have changed anything. Nadam have said it already. Wouldn't have changed anything. When it hurts, you got to say something. When someone's talking by davening and he's sitting next to you, you got to say something. What do you mean, Rabbi? He's not going to listen to me anyway. It doesn't matter. If you don't say anything, it means it doesn't hurt. If you guys on his phone by davening, you got to say something. If someone's doing something wrong, this week's pasha, what do you mean? He's not going to pay attention to me. Right. doesn't matter if he's going to listen to you or not. You have to protest. It has to bother you. There are certain things that were voted in in America, right? And we couldn't have won it anyway. It was voted in the state assembly, whatever it was. But it should have bothered us, and we should have protested. What are you protesting for? It's going to get passed anyway. doesn't matter, says Hashem. I need to see that it bothers you. Because when it hurts, you scream even when it doesn't change anything. You still scream. So how come this doesn't hurt? How come you're not screaming? You hear? Now. On that, Dvatayra, and then we'll get to Rabbi Akiva. I think I just turned this off. Maybe I did. No, I didn't. 30 minutes and 13 seconds. We have another few minutes. It says the following. And last week's Pasha is Achrei Mos. So the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, so when he came out, so first of all, the Kohen Gadol is very interesting about, about, um, about worrying about the Rabbim. The Kohen Gadol, he's in the Kodesh HaKadoshim in front of the Shechina, what better place and what better time it is to daven? But we say in the, when we say the Karbanos, when we say the, the Avaida and Yom Kippur, we say that he davened the Tefillah Kitsara. He davened a very short Tefillah. Oh man, you finally got in there. You're there. Kush Kedashim by the Kruvim in front of Hashem. Say the whole Tehillim. Daven like you never daven. Here's a whole list of names. Like the guy under the chuppah. This guy needs kids. He's in Fushalema. Come on, Kohen Gadol should have walked in with a, a huge book full of things and say all the names. Felix Kisara. Why? Because Kleistrol was waiting for him. And when Kleistrol is waiting for you, you can't take an extra second. What is that called? Tichet the Tzubura. And at the same time, when he went in there, they were scared he would die. So until they saw him come out, they were very nervous. You're not allowed to make a person... I just told the girl this. This girl came home 45 minutes late. Her mother was ready to call the police. She was freaking out. We were trying to track her. She's like, big deal, 45 minutes. Her mother has to get over it. I'm like, let me tell you something, girl. So the Kayin Gundel went into the Kaydish Kedoshim. He had a chance to ask Hashem for anything and everything for the whole Kali Yisrael. And the Gemara, and it's brought down that he had to say a short, teeny, one-line prayer because... The Jews outside were nervous that maybe he's going to die. So every second that they didn't see him was like a million years. So that Hashem says, I am a vatel. Don't pray to me. Don't say nothing to me. Come in and get out. I said, I said, you're, you, I don't think you were in the Kurdish Kedoshim. I don't think that's why you were 45 minutes late. I think you were at a movie or at a club or drinking or whatever you were doing. I don't think you were in the Kurdish Kedoshim. So I definitely don't think your mother has to wait 45 minutes if the Jews couldn't wait for the Kai in one minute because you were nervous. You, you let your mother be nervous for 45 minutes? Were you in the Kurdish Kedoshim? Where were you? She was like, really? He didn't say a big prayer? I was like, he didn't take in like papers? I'm like, no, he didn't take in papers. No, we do that now. He didn't do that. He didn't take in papers. It was a Tefillah Kitsara. 
Now listen to the punishment of the Kohen Gadol. Tfilosesh of Kohen Gadol. This is, for all those who are watching, this is a not normal safer. It just came out of Ayikra a week before Pesach. Zoom in with your eyes. You got to get the safer. It's on Bereshit Shmos and Ayikra so far. So this is what he says. He says like this. We all know that he said a very short prayer when he came out of the Kodesh Kedoshim. And it says in the this Yuma, Dafnun Gimel, Mabez, we have this prayer written down in the Chalos HaShatz. Mashma, Shachon Gadol, was followed state Tfilos. Echad B'Kodesh Kedoshim, he said one in the Kodesh Kedoshim, Vashniel Achashi Yatzim Shem, and one when he got out. Because of Rebbe Rebachio, Shikishon Yachon Gadol B'Kodesh Kedoshim, it's followed Tzachon Yom. When he was in the Kodesh Kedoshim, that short Tfilos, he prayed for who? For himself? No. For Klai the Targum Yerushalmi Nazir says, "Shakoyin Gadol was followed by Yosef Lefnim Lefnim." What was his prayer? What did he say? What was that short prayer? What was the short prayer when he was Lefnim Lefnim? What? No, no, that's not what the Targum Yerushalmi says. The Targum Yerushalmi says there was a prayer inside, a prayer right when he came out. Shakoyin Gadol was followed by Yosef Lefnim Lefnim. Three things: Shaloi Yikoshlu B'nei Yisrael B'Shloish Averes Achamurais. He said, "Hashem, the Jews should not um, what's Yikoshlu should not." Fall into Shanat. Stumble in the three Averis, Avaidizara, Gilea Royas, and Shrikas Domim, and out. You know how short that was at Tfila? Hashem shouldn't test us with these. Now, listen to this. Responsibility we have for each other. The Haisen Betagim Yarnison, Sha'al Kain. If a person, a Jew, killed another person by accident, what was his punishment? He would go to the until the Kohen Gadol died. And when the Kohen Gadol died, he would be free. It could be 40 years, 30 years, 20 years. And this is what he says. If someone was killed that year, one second, you were the Kohen Gadol, and you daven the Kodesh Kedoshim, the three things shouldn't happen. Murder, adultery, right? And buying down to an idol, but someone murdered here. Because that was your tefillah when you went inside. That you shouldn't kill each other. He had the power to pray that another Jew shouldn't be able to kill another Jew. And since he didn't daven correctly, they punished him from Shemayim. This is a Chiddush Gadol that Yerushim Ezeel says. The Kohen died that year. If someone in Kaleisro killed another Jew by accident, that Kohen knew he wasn't going to live out the year. Because you had a responsibility to the public to pray with enough Kavana that that should not happen. Outside. And automatically the murderer would get out. He says, this is a crazy Pella. Never did a murderer end up staying in the Ori Miklat more than a year. Because it was guaranteed that that year, if, the, if someone killed someone, since the Kayin didn't dive it, he died. Wow. The Kayin is punished. She always buys the shine that he would die that year. But Yotzer would take me a miklov, Yosher would ask me, and he would go home. Therefore, the Gemara says, 
Since a coin gadol was not able to pray for his generation, that the 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 mothers of the kind of gadol would go to the Ari Miklot and ask the people of the Ari Miklot to daven that even though the coin gadol's fault that you ended up killing someone, daven that he shouldn't die. There's a story he brings down. I believe this is brought down in the Zaire. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a Gemara. Kiahu Gavra. There was a person, the Achle Aye, that a, a lion killed. The, the lion killed this person, I believe. What's Klasa Parsi? Three? Three miles or three pasam from where Yeshua lived. Now, every single day, Eliyahu Navi used to come to every Yeshua ben Levi. But because in his three mile radius, he did not protect a person from getting killed by a lion, Eliyahu Navi did not show up to him for three days. It's your responsibility. You're in Shul. That the other guy doesn't do anything wrong. It's your responsibility. We have to take ownership. The client died because he didn't dominate enough that this other person he only killed by accident. Too much responsibility on leaders. The guy didn't murder on purpose. He killed by accident. But if you coin Gogol, you're the leader, and you're on your watch, some Jew died by accident, you didn't dominate enough. You're going to die that year. Says the Targum said, "Unless the people in Nari Mikla daven for you, responsibility of a leader. A lion killed three miles away, killed a human being. You live within those three miles, and this guy died. Well, you know, we didn't show up. Responsibility that we have. Responsibility that we have for each person. So he says, the mother of the crying goddess would come, and she bring them michia food, uksus." And clothing, but his palm going to go to and they would dominate that he shouldn't die. So he talks about Avram Avinu. And he says in the Agri de Kawa, it says, Ayelech Hashem, that Hashem went away, Kashakila Ledabel Avram. When Hashem went to Abraham Avinu about Sodom, that he's going to destroy Sodom, and he said 50, 50, 40, 30, 20, 20, 10. When they finished, it says, Abraham Shavlum Koimai. Hashem went away, and Abraham went back to his place. So he writes in the Agra de Kaula, Really, it's Sadiq Shadavin. That nothing bad should happen to anyone. We were proud of Hashem, especially to people who are close to Him. And Hashem shouldn't be. You should know that Hashem shouldn't be strict. He should have daven that Hashem should would make the people of Sodom's heart strong that they would do tshuva. This what happened to Avraham Sodom was close to where he lived. It bothered him very much that they would live next to him and he couldn't change them. And he, he, it bothered him. 
Halach Ma'osoi. Hashem left him. After he finished speaking to him, there was no reason to talk to him anymore. But Avram, when Avram saw Hashem stop talking to him, he thought that Hashem was angry at him, like the story with Yeshua Ben Levi with the with the lion. Because we see that Eliyahu didn't come to him those days. Because because look what happened. And here. Sodom was right next to where Avram Avinu lived, and, and Hashem was destroying all of them. Avram bothered him very much that he wasn't able to stop this originally. That Avram went back to his place. What does that mean? He went back to do He went to do tshuva to Hashem that he wasn't able to save Sodom. But he was the tzaddik of the door that this was happening. They put it on their hearts. Let us to know. He blamed himself. As bad as they were, and whatever he was, he went back and he said, at the end of the day, it's on my watch. The city's next to my city and I can't save them. And it bothered him. It has to bother you if, you, if you're not able to help. If you, see, if you see things are happening, yeah, things are happening. We lost a few Jews in, uh, in the last couple of weeks to, uh, to, uh, to overdoses. Someone just died in Muncie, and a couple of people died in California, young guys. They overdosed on drugs. If we're doubting the way we're supposed to, it wouldn't happen. This is what he's saying here. Oh, he took the drug. Right, but it's in your generation. It's in your Dalai Amas. It's in your area. You have to take responsibility for it. Maybe if you dive in, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. So yeah, the generation, I said this at the Gurdjie Convention, everyone got angry at me. I'm like, it happened by Yirmiyo, it happened in Tishabov. Yirmiyo wanted to come in front of Hashem, Hashem said, I don't want to talk to you. Yirmiyo said, why don't you want to talk to me? Hashem said, you are the Navi of the generation that I lost all my kids, and I lost my base on English. And Yirmiyo said, Hashem, 21 years, I stood on the corner screaming at them, the Vias, that this is going to happen. Hashem said, you're right, you're right about everything. Bottom line, were you the Navi when it happened? Yes? Bye-bye. So I said that to Gurdjieff eventually. Everyone got angry at me. I'm like, we're the Gedalim, and we're the people who are from, and we're the Shemesh Shabbos people, and we're the healthy people. It's happening on our watch. We're going to have to pay the piper. Why didn't you do something about it? Ramavinu walked away from Hashem, and he did tshuva. I'm so sorry that I couldn't fix them. Kain Gadol died! Because if someone died by accident, you have to remember, it wasn't a murder. He was chopping down a tree and the axe went flying and it killed a person. Kangado, bye bye, you're not going to live out the year. What do you mean? If you were really diving, that axe went in the flow. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. All right. Good. We never do so much pasha. Very nice. Let's do a little Rabbi Akiva. Let's talk about the story of Rabbi Akiva. We're in the middle of Svira. Like Vayim is coming, Shavuos is coming. We'll talk about like Vayim next week. We'll talk about Shavuos. Let's talk about a little bit of Rabbi Akiva. Try to understand what happened with Rabbi Akiva. So you all know the story. Rabbi Akiva grew up. He didn't know how to read Aleph base. He used to make fun of Tamidei Chachamim. I don't know. I think it says somewhere he used to kick them. But he used to make fun of rabbis. 
And there was a girl. Her name was Rachel. And she saw in him potential. Her father was Kabbalah Savua, the richest Jew. Her father said, if you even think about going out with this guy or marrying this guy, I am not coming to the wedding. The family is not coming to the wedding. And I'm going to cut you. I've heard this since then. I've heard this a few times. And I'm going to cut you out of my will. Zero. No support. No wedding. No house. No food. Nothing. This guy is a bum. You're my daughter. I'm the man. You're going to get a shidduch, a gadol, a tzaddik. She said, nope. This boy who can't even read, who's a shepherd, there's something about him. I'm going to marry him. I'm going to give up everything. I'm sure all her friends were very upset about this. Everyone was upset about this. Now, Rabbi Akiva, everyone knows the story, changed. He found God in the desert where Moshe Rabbeinu found God, where David Amalek found God. Why? Because the first thing to having a relationship with Hashem or any other human being is having a relationship with yourself. If you don't get to know yourself, a relationship is two, two different entities. So, for me to have a relationship with you, I have to be somebody. If I don't know who I am, I got a relationship with you. One person's not a relationship. So you're, 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 you're a person, but I'm not a person. I don't know what I am. I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm coming from. I don't know anything. So the first person, so Rabbi Akiva said, Rabbi Akiva found God this way. I'll show it to you in the Mishnah. You should love your friend like you love yourself, which means that who do you have to love first? Friend like yourself. Who comes first? Self. If I, this is like this, this is first. This, I made, I made a bottle of water that tastes exactly like this bottle of water. This one came first. So, if I'm not healthy, let's say I am um, very angry at myself, I cut myself, I hurt myself. So that means I should go hurt you? If I love you the way I love myself, I'm going to hurt you. If I don't like myself, then he's saying I should love you the way, I should love my friend the way I love myself. I hate myself, so I have a mitzvah now to hate you? So what Rabbi Akiva was saying is that the first thing you need to do there has to be a kamaycha. There has to be a kamaycha. There has to be. A, how do you find kamaycha? Only by introspection. Only by spending time with yourself. What am I good at? What am I not good at? Where am I coming from? Where am I going? What's my plan? What do I want to do? What are my what what are, what are my failures? What are my successes? How do I change my failures to successes? How do I protect my successes? How do I make sure I don't fail? The only way to do that is spend a lot of time thinking. He's pointed this. So to be a kiva was in the desert. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu found God. When did God appear to Moshe Rabbeinu? He didn't appear to him in Mitzrayim. He didn't appear to him in Midian. He appeared to him in the desert. Because in the desert there are no people. In the desert you spend a lot of time with yourself. So David HaMelech and Moshe Rabbeinu and Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva is sitting in the desert and he's introspecting and he's like, I can't change. We all go through this. I can't change. I'm 40 years old. You don't change at 40 years old. 
And where am I going to start? I can't, I'm, I become about truth. I can't read. I can't read Aleph base. So I can't learn. I can't daven. Uh, I'm, I'm an Aleph. I can't change in 40. Right? It's pretty old to be changing. And he's sitting there and he's thinking. And he says it in his Mishnah. He says, I, I, I was amongst many Chachamim. He says, no, he says, he says, the siyag for chachma, the siyag for chachma, the siyag for being wise. What does wise mean? Thinker is shtika. That doesn't mean shutting up. It means shtika, quiet. If you're in a place that's quiet, you can think. But if you're busy, busy, busy all day on your phone, your friends, your dad, your hide my back. So there's no shtika. If there's no shtika, you can't be a chacham. You only become a chacham by processing. You can't process unless it's quiet. And he found that out in the desert where he saw the water hit the rock, hit the rock, hit the rock. And he's like, a rock has a hole in it from the water. But water is soft and rock is hard. He realized that something that continues and continues and continues can make changes in the world. That doesn't come from being on your phone and buzzing and listening to your music. It comes from thinking. I'm sure a million people saw the rock, saw the water, saw the hole. Never thought about the hole. The water makes the hole. Thank you, Moshe Abenu. He stopped by, by, by saw a little ice. He stopped to see why is this burning bush not burning. A lot of other people saw the burning bush, but they weren't interested because they had their headphones on. <laughs> or they're watching a movie. I don't know what they were doing. Or they're looking at their iPhone, so they missed the whole picture. They were looking down. They missed it. Right? But Moshe Rabbeinu stopped. That's when Hashem said, I want to talk to you. Here, like Rabbi Akiva saw, he saw, at that time he was Akiva, he said, if water can make a hole in a rock, Taira compared to water. So if I learn, and I learn, and I learn, and I learn, and I learn, it's going to change me. So the only thing that can change me is Mayim, is Tyra. I can do it, even though I'm 40. A rock is hard. Water can make a hole in it. Definitely Tyra can make a hole in me. It can change me. And he went back home, and that's when he started to learn. And he, he left her. We know he left for, for seven years, and she said, don't come back. And he he said, my whole tire is for a tire, and he went, ended up for 14 years. Now, the effect of finding himself like that, and the effect, I just spoke about this tonight somewhere, the effect that his wife, Rachel, believed in him when no one else did, when they cut him off from food and everything, they didn't come to the wedding. You can imagine that wedding, maybe they had a minion, I don't know if they even had a minion. Because you wanted to be the friends of Kabbalah Sabu. You didn't want to get cut off from his tzedakah, right? Because she believed in him, the way she believed in him, he went ahead and from not even knowing how to read, built the biggest yeshiva that ever was or that ever will be. There is no yeshiva in the world that has 24,000 Talmudim learning at one time. As big as Lakewood is and as big as Mir in Israel is, nobody had 24,000 thousand guys learning at the same time. He did it. He made it. He built Ornava all over the world. He did it. He accomplished his dream. 24,000 Talmudim. And where did I come from? I'm sure he got up and spoke. I come from nothing. 40 years old. He didn't know how to read. The famous story. He put, he put um, grass and, and a plant on, a, on, the, on the back of a horse. And everybody was looking like, how could that happen? How did that it had to do with him? He, going, he went back to school. He sat with little babies. Aleph Beis. You imagine a 40-year-old guy, Aleph Beis Gimel, right? So he is the ultimate story. He would have been able to talk in every Shabbaton. <laughs> Everybody would have come. A guy who didn't know one word of Hebrew, 
Started learning when he was 40. His wife gave everything. It's the perfect story. Now he has a yeshiva of 24,000 Talmudim. Wow. He accomplished his dream. Hashem took his dream, crushed it to nothing. They all died. No Talmudim. Finished, man. You're done. You're broken. You're cracked into little pieces. I did everything. 40 years old. I went. I changed my life. I built a yeshiva. Come on, Hashem. You just wiped them out in a plague. All my, all to the last one. All my Talmudim. In 33 days? Not in 33 years. In 33 days, you just killed my whole dream? My whole everything? He's done. Nope. He said, I'm going to go. And I'm going to get new Talmidim. And I'm going to start all over again. And those are the Talmidim that, that, that brought the whole Yiddishkeit to, to this world. The whole Torah Shabbat. What gave him the Koyach not to give up? I would have given up. What gave him the Koyach not to give up? As long as you have someone in this world that doesn't give up on you, you will not give up on yourself. I say this all the time. From Yosef and Yaakov, Ayyemoyin Lesnachim. He had a wife that did not give up on him. So even though he lost everything that he built, he went ahead and he did it again. Because you have someone, whether it's a wife or parent, whoever it is, and you need to be that person to everyone in your life. If you have someone that will not give up on you, you're 40 years old, you cannot read, and she sends you away to learn for 14 years, and she will not give up, and she should have given up. All those Tamidim that came back with him died. She lost everything also. She gave up 14 years... He had this crazy yeshiva. She lost everything. He lost the yeshiva. She lost the yeshiva. They both lost everything. And they rebuilt it. And they rebuilt it. I don't know if they had 24,000, but they had bigger. The Talmudim, for everything that we have, came from them. Where'd that come from? It came from someone not giving up on you. So your children, our children, our husbands and our wives, we need to not give up on them. Then even if Chas V'Shalom, whatever they built, 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 and it collapsed, they'll build it again. They know that there's someone there that won't give up. Now, where do we see... It's unbelievable. I'm going to show you, and then we'll end. Where do we see that this whole story came into his Torah? Came into his Torah. So if you look at Pirkei Elvos, let's learn three missions that Rabbi Akiva says. Rabbi Akiva Aimeh. Number one, Rabbi Akiva was made fun of the Chachamim, right? So he starts off his first thing. I can talk about mockery and levity because that's what I did. I can talk about this, right? In the end, it's going to bring you to immorality. Been there, done that. I used to make fun of Chachamim. I'm telling you, it'll bring you to immorality. He says, the Gemara, right? is a protective fence around the Torah. Because you have all the Rabbanans that protect their rights. Right? So he understood, because he was a thinker, that even if you come to a certain level, you need to protect it. So, in addiction, right? In addiction. Even if you got past your addiction, let's say you're an alcoholic, you need to do a fan, you need to make sure there's no alcohol in the house. Because you, you don't tease yourself. So if you have a problem with chocolate and potato chips at night before you go to sleep, right? And you're not eating, you're on a diet, you're not eating chocolate and potato chips, but you need to, he understood, you need to make a siog, make a fence, because you're going to get weak one night, and one night you're going to be like, ach, I don't care. So 
when you start looking for it, it won't be there. So he very much believed that whatever you do, because of where he came, because of his thought process, everything has to have a fence. It's not good enough just to, to come to a certain point. You have to fence it in. You have to protect it. Don't ever, don't ever trust yourself. So he says, When it comes to wealth, give you maisha. I want to tell you a story that happened today. A guy called me today. He said, you know, Reverend Wallstein, I, I, he was my student know, a long, long time ago. He said, you know, I, I, um, I made a lot of money, and then I started losing all my money. And my wife said to me, um, you don't give miser from your money. Maybe that's why you're losing all your money. And I told my wife, no, we're struggling, this and that. He said, I didn't give miser. He said, but then I lost all my money. So I was looking for a job, and I couldn't find a job. So I said to Hashem, okay, I'm going to give Meister again. He said, I got a job. I was making $150,000. It's a good job plus commission. He said, but it wasn't enough to... I didn't have anything left after tuitions and all that other stuff, so I stopped giving my Meister. And he said, two months later, they walked in and just fired me. And now I just lost another job, and, and I haven't been giving Meister, but, but I don't have money and I said, the halacha of maise is that when you make the money, you have to give the maiser before. In other words, you, you can't say, I'll give the maiser. You have to give the maiser. He said, you think my wife is right? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think your wife is right. So you need to go down and tell Hashem, from now on, I will give maiser, whether I have money or I don't have money. Because the maiser is on the money you made. Profit. You have to give maiser. So he said he's going to do that. We'll see if he gets a job. Nidarim precious. Making vows, sometimes you're weak, you have to make a promise, right? So that, that'll that help you from stopping from doing things that you shouldn't do. Shoglechachma. He said, protect the fence for wisdom. You want to stay smart? You want to be smart? Shtika. Spend some time in silence. In silence, you can think clearly you'll come up with good and smart chachma. Get off your iPhone, your smartphone. Smartphones make people stupid. It does. Okay. Now, he's not done. He's not done. Who are Hashem loves you because each one of us is created in God's image. What, what does that mean? We said, because God is one and each person is one. There's only one, there's only one Akiva. Well, there's only one Akiva and I'm 40 years old and I didn't do anything. I'm going to die without doing anything. There's not going to be another Akiva. I better jump on it. So yeah, Salam Aleichem. He said, and Chaviv and Yisrael. And he came to the realization that not only, not only am I Salam Aleichem, why am I different than the rest of the world? Because Banamat Makom. Not only am I Banamat Makom, but Hashem gave me this special present. Hashem gave me Taira. Then he said, Hakol Tzafoy. Everything is foreseen. Farishus Nesuna. But even though this is very deep thinking, there's a whole Rambam on this. Even though everything is foreseen, even everything is pro- pre-programmed, but you still have free choice. We'll talk about this. If Hashem knows what I'm going to do, then how can I have free choice? If you knew I was going to come here tonight, so I didn't have free choice to come here, he knew. And the answer is no. In a world of no time, he only knows what you, what you did or what you're going to do because you did it. You understand what I'm saying? He knows you came here tonight. Because you came here tonight. But he didn't make you come here tonight. Sort of understanding a, a guy who goes to a basketball game and there's one second left, the guy takes a shot and he misses. And now his friend's watching the game on tape. 
He's in the kitchen. His friend's like, oh my gosh, I hope he hits the shot. You're like, nah, he missed. How do you know he missed? This kid's watching the, sh- the game for the first time. The answer is, I know he missed because he missed. <clears throat> he can't get it in because I was at the game and he missed. So he's, the other guy's watching it at a different time, so he doesn't know that. In Hashem's world, all those three times, past, present, and future, are together. So this is deep thinking. Rabbi Akiva had time to think. And he said, everything's prepared, but at the same time, you have choice. He says, the world is judged with goodness. But at the end of the day, it's not just thinking. You have to do what you have to do. You have to do, said Rabbi Akiva. Okay, I think that it's late, so we'll, Mitzah Hashem, learn the next two missions Rabbi Akiva said and connect it to him in Mitzah Hashem next week. Um to you. We should all be holy because the Kashbahu is holy. We should all we should all be able to set examples and to understand that for us to ask other people to do is only through example. Even God in the first in the second posture of Kedashim is saying, I will not ask you, you missed that this part. Why does it say Kedashim to you Adni? You should be holy because I'm holy. Hashem, you can't ask me to be holy because you're holy. You're God. I'm not God. I'm, I'm Rima Vitalei. I'm worms. Right? The terrorist is amazing. The terrorist is, Hashem is saying, I don't have a right to ask you to do anything unless I set an example. So I'm asking you to be holy because I'm holy. Even God doesn't have a right to ask someone to do something unless I do it also. So all the people that tell their kids to do things, they don't do it, it doesn't work. So Hashem's saying, you need to be holy because I'm holy. Because I'm setting an example. If I don't set an example, even though I'm God, I have no right to ask you to do it. It's a very big lesson. We should all learn that lesson and carry that lesson. I want to tell you that my whole ride here, I was thinking about Alexander Zev, who's not here. Alexander Zev ben Meir, that he's mamish missing in such a crazy big way. It's unbelievable. So I think that maybe, you know, he comes to the shear. But uh, I want really the shir to be Eli Nishmas. He was just the man that used to sit here. Well, some of you knew him. Alexander Zev ben Meir is in Shemeshen of an Ali and Ali and Ali. I know that this shot of Kedoshim to you, if he was sitting here, he would be like smiling from ear to ear. Because that was like his, he would always go home with something. He would tell it over to the guys. So maybe Eli Nishmas, you should say this shot over. Mitzvah Shabbos, say it over to kids, say it over to parents. Hashem said, the only reason I can ask you to holy is because I'm holy. So yes, I can ask you to stop talking about davening if I don't talk by davening. I can ask you not to have your phone on by davening if I turn my phone off by davening. But I cannot tell you, listen, I'm busy, it's emergency, this and that. I, you, no, you have to set an example. May we all have the schools to be good examples for everyone around us. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.